Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast coming to you in the middle of the NBA and NHL playoffs. The MLB regular season is kicking off, but the NFL is king and that is what we are here to talk talk about. Uh, Kyle Clifton is joining me. Kyle, how are you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me. Second time on here and looking forward to doing this. I'm super excited to have you back. You are a Packers fan, and with that being said, we are going to be talking about the NFC North. Uh, obviously, your Packers are the defending champion from the division last year, finishing 13-4, and four, uh, losing in the divisional round. How, first of all, man, I have to ask you, how did you feel uh, when that punt got blocked? It just completely changed the complexion of that game. Oh, man, that, that game was one of the, the worst losses I've had. I mean, as a Packer fan, and all your listeners know, like, that Seahawks loss when Brandon Bostic messed up that onside kick, that really got me. But this was a game I went into completely expecting to win. And their defense did everything possible to win the game. And, yeah, it just – you didn't expect literally the Packers' offense to go away. And, yeah, I mean, the first time we recorded, that was just three weeks after that loss. So I'm having much better mood this time, all the optimism going into the Packers season rather than all the hope being lost after they lost in that uh, their first playoff game last year. Uh, time does, in fact, heal all wounds. I'm sure you're feeling a little bit better about it, especially since Aaron Rodgers is coming back. However, uh, Devontae Adams is not. Uh, what do you think the drop-off is going to be like for the offense without Adams? Yeah, obviously you're not going to be able to replace a guy like him anywhere. Like he was the best, I think he's, in my opinion, the best receiver in the league. Um, and they did even a little, little in the free agency to replace him. I mean, they got Sammy Watkins. They, got, um, they have Lazard coming back, Randall Cobb coming back. Obviously, we know they did draft a few wide receivers, including in the second round. But, I mean, it's going to be tough to replace him. But I do think um, – well, I know we'll go in a little bit more when we talk about um, the over-unders. But I do think they did enough to give him multiple weapons. Obviously, not as good as weapons as Adams. But they gave him slot receivers. They gave him tall receivers. He's got a, uh, the tight end coming back and Tanyan. And, of course, we all know he likes to dump off to his – running backs plenty so I do think he has enough but obviously he doesn't have the stardom that you like to see in a big quarterback like Rodgers or Mahomes absolutely how he definitely has shown though that he can uh, win games without uh, his top target I think they were undefeated in the games that Adams missed uh, during his Packers career so uh, Aaron Rodgers can get it done regardless of what he has at the wide receiver position as you said uh, you teased a little bit we are going to talk about the season win totals for each team in this division now if you're not a degenerate like you and I, uh, season win totals are a great way to bet because it's something that gives you action every week. You don't have to keep putting up money every week. You have action if you bet six or seven different season win totals. You have a team to root for every week. So it's a good way to bet. The one downside to it, however, is that you pretty much have your money held all season. So even if you say you bet the Bengals last year and um, you knew you were going to hit that over midway through the season. You still have to wait till January to the cash your ticket. So there is a little bit of a drawback, but it is nice to have action every week. Yeah, I would say that's the biggest thing that's changed in my betting habits from uh, when it was legal or when it was illegal to legal. Is I used to be all about the futures, you know, like those are the first things I would look up like as, when the season was coming up. Now I still lay money on them. But yeah, having your money tied up in the DraftKings fan to whatever account you use, it's a little different than when you were betting offshore and you were just looking for action when anywhere you could get it. 
Yeah, and, and also a lot of those a lot of those people too. Uh, you're betting on credit a lot of times, and it's a little bit easier when you're like, oh yeah, hundred bucks. Like I'll give it to you if I lose, or I'll get it uh -huh. if I win. It's a little different when you have to put it up and then get it back when you win. Um, so for your Green Bay Packers, their season win total is sitting at eleven. They are minus two oh five to win the division. Now I do not like uh, at all uh, that laying those kind of odds for them to win the division. Like, gun to my head, pick up team to win the division. I'm going to pick the Packers. But there's no way I'm laying that minus 205. There's too much variance in aging quarterback like Rodgers. Even though I think they're going to win the division, I just – I cannot lay that minus 205. Yeah, you're, you're speaking right where I was thinking as well. Like, there's just no value in there. I, I really don't like to bet anything that's, like, like worse odds than minus 150. Like, I might go up to 160, but minus 205, like you said, if Rodgers goes down, you're just watching that, like – I don't know, 200 bucks you put in to win the 100. That's just too much to really go after. So that's why I have more of a focus on that over-under rather than the division myself. Now, now, how do you feel about their uh, season win total sitting at 11? Yeah, so I'm obviously a Packer fan. You probably expect I'm going to take the uh, over there. But let me tell you why a little bit here. Um, they did take uh, two – obviously in the – draft they took two defenders from georgia they have a pretty good defense um jair alexander kenny clark devondra campbell they're all just studs out there as long as they're healthy good players all around there with preston smith Rashawn gary adrian amos darnell savage so they have a really good defense i know everyone focuses on the offense but just like we mentioned earlier that defense really stepped up in the playoffs and that was without a few of their best players but here's what really got it for me for that over 11 much more than just to win the division because they play, they're going to win at least five games in their division. They got the two against the lions. They got the two against the bears, in my opinion. And then at worst one and one against the Vikings. So that leaves them. That's five wins already. That's basically what they get every year, but then they play the NFC East. So that's like the Cowboys, the, uh, the commanders, the Eagles and the giants. That's at least three wins. I'm factoring in if everything goes right, like health of Rogers, so that gives them at worst eight wins at most. That give that gets them up to nine. So, or at, actually up to ten if they swept the uh, division. But then they also have home games against the Pats, the Jets, the Titans. Like they're easily favored in those games. And then they have road games against the Dolphins, the Bills, Bucks, and Rams. So obviously that's a, or a home game against Rams. Obviously that ending part's a little. But you only need a few wins outside of the NFC East that in the NFC North. So I think their schedule sets up pretty well to at minimum, you're looking at 11 wins and that pushes your butt, but I would take them over and they've hit it the last couple of years. So I think you're looking at more like a 12 or 13 win team, as long as Rogers sings healthy. Uh, I am in agreement with you on this one. Uh, one of the reasons you just touched on is those two studs they got from Georgia. Uh, you touched on getting them uh, in the first round of the draft, Quay Walker at 22 and Devonte Wyatt at 28, adding to, like you said, an already stacked defense, they got a lot of ridicule because, oh, they didn't draft a receiver in the first round. But I think that they played their cards really well. Receivers started flying off the board in the top half of that draft. Six of them in the first 18 picks. And the Packers are like, well, there's no first-round receiver left. They, they sit back. They take the best player available at 22 and 28. And they still end up getting whatever wide receiver they would have wanted because by the time they made their next pick, their, another wide receiver hadn't come off the board. So I think they played their cards really well in the draft adding two instant starters on the defense and still getting a wide receiver in the second round. 
And you touched on uh, them winning division games. They also were undefeated at home last year, uh, 8-0. and In fact, they're 22-2 and uh, since LaFleur has been the head coach. So they really only lose home games uh, in the playoffs. So Sorry for that, dude. <laughs> but <laughs> so when you factor in they're going to get eight, uh, seven or eight wins at home, uh, they have an international game against the Giants. I think you could chalk that up as a win as well. You're looking at only, like you said, only having to get two or three more wins up in those road games, road games against Dallas, Los Angeles, New England, the Jets, Tennessee. I definitely think that they can take one of those. Um, however, FanDuel is uh, offering, you can buy a half game on FanDuel. It's minus 145, but uh, 10 and a half. I think that is a mortal lock that they're going to win 11 games. So uh, if I was able to bet FanDuel, which I'm not here in Maryland, I would be all over uh, that over 10 and a half from the Packers. Yeah, I love that. I didn't know that was an option. Yeah, I definitely like 10 and a half. I think, yeah, you can just pencil that one in. Uh, so that's going to move us on to the Vikings. And um, conventional wisdom is going to tell us that they are uh, the next team up. If something were to happen to the Packers, if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, uh, if the team just, just doesn't perform uh, like we're used to them performing, the Vikings would be that next team up. They finished 8-9 and nine last year, uh, missed the playoffs, but they did fire Mike Zimmer. I did like that move. Um, how do you feel about the Vikings outlook for next season? Yeah, definitely. I like the move too. I th hopefully they have a better offensive system. At least if you're a Vikings fan, you hope that. And if you're a fantasy, you hope they get a little bit more involvement than just three people. Um, but I'm not too sure about their defense. I think it took a step back and I don't, I'm not huge on many of their younger players. Um, obviously if we look into their schedule, I'm penciling them in for two losses um, against Green Bay. They also have at Philadelphia versus New Orleans and London, at Buffalo, at Miami, versus Dallas, and versus Arizona. Those are all games that which, if they're going to be favored in any of them, it's going to be a very toss-up at best. And so that's a, not a good way to start out when you're just looking at the schedule when you're already thinking maybe six, seven losses off the bat. Um, they got New England and Indy also. So I think they could struggle there. I mean, they always struggle with Chicago, too. I know Chicago might be a little down. We'll talk about them later. But they always struggle there. There's just too many question marks, too many games that I would think on paper look like they're going to lose. So I think it's going to be right around that nine, but you already get the push if it hits red at nine. So I'm going to go with the under thinking that with that cushion, they probably win eight games. And so I'll take the under there. Uh, so uh, we're on opposite sides of this one. Now, this is also another one that FanDuel is offering me half game. You can get eight and a half at minus 130. Uh, the Vikings, I didn't mention, plus 300 to win the division. You talked about the defense. I think they did enough in free agency. Uh, Zadarius Smith, who you are familiar with, uh, mm -hmm. signing with them. Harrison Phillips at defensive tackle. They also signed uh, Jordan Hicks, who's a little bit long in the tooth, at linebacker, but still fairly solid. I did not like their draft, though. They traded back twice in the in their own division, which yeah. was really weird, uh, to, to, to let division rivals take stud wide receivers up. Uh, the Lions trading up to get uh, Jamison Williams. The Packers trading up to get Christian Watson. They managed to trade back and grab Lewis Seen, another guy from that Georgia defense, which had five first-round draft picks, uh, arguably the best defense in the history of college football. But they're sitting there at 12. They trade all the way back to 32, so they moved back 20 spots in the first round, and they also trade their second-round pick, and they move up 12 spots. So you're giving up 20 spots in the first round to gain 12 spots in the second round and a third-round pick. They drafted a safety at the back end of the first round. Kyle Hamilton, the all-world safety, was still on the board there. I thought that should have been the pick. That was a head-scratching move for me. I really did not understand that one. Yeah, that was a, a shock. And to not get a future first-round pick when they were moving back so much, I was very – like I agree with you completely that the draft uh, did not go the Vikings' way. 
Uh, so that might hurt their future a little bit, but I do like their outlook for this season. They went eight and nine last year. We talked about uh, the failures of Mike Zimmer as a head coach, and that is outlined when you look at eight of their nine losses last year were in one score games. The only one that wasn't uh, Sean Mannion was starting at quarterback against your Green Bay Packers. So virtually every loss that they had where they were trying to win was a, a single score loss last year. If they can just flip a couple of those with a better head coach, I like their out- outlook of getting over the nine wins. And like I said, with that, uh, with that, those FanDuel odds, you can get that over eight and a half at minus 130. So I really like that. And if you're looking for a little bit of value, I think mm-hmm. plus 300 to, to win the division isn't too bad. I was just about to say, how, how are you getting close to thinking they might be able to compete with the pack, take down the Packers in the North? I, I'm still not there. Um, of the team we're getting ready to talk about, I think has a little bit of a higher ceiling just at quarterback. I don't think Justin Fields is to the point where he is Aaron Rodgers yet, but he has a he has a chance to be Aaron Rodgers like. Obviously, we know what Kirk Cousins is at this point. Those skill position players for the Vikings, though, it's just so hard to believe that they're not in the playoffs every year. You have one of the best receivers in the league in Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, KJ Osborne emerging last year as well, and of course Dalvin Cook in the backfield. There's just skill position players all over the place. Uh, Christian Barrymore, the, the excuse me, I always mix them up. Barrymore is the defensive tackle. Uh, which one's the defensive tackle and which one's the left tackle? I'm sorry. I think you're right. Uh, Barrymore is the defensive tackle, I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, Darisaw. Darisaw is the left tackle that they drafted. I'm sorry. Darisaw and Barrymore. There was two guys coming out of the draft last year that I just kept getting mixed up. Uh, they have a solid emerging left tackle as well. So, I really like their chances to maybe take a wild card, uh, win the division, overtake the Packers. I kind of think they need an injury there. Okay. Okay. Uh, So that is going to take us on to the Chicago Bears. They uh, went 6-11 and last year, missed the playoffs. They also fired their head coach, uh, Nagy. Their total is sitting at 6.5. New head coach, Matt Elberflus, the defensive coordinator from the Colts, uh, he's coming to a team which is a defensive-minded team. It really just depends on if Justin Fields makes that year-two leap. Uh, how how are you looking at the Bears' outlook this year? Yeah, you mentioned that they got like a whole new regime there. First-time head coach, first-time offensive coordinator. He's never called plays. Quarterback in his second season with his second playbook. And what really gets me here with the Bears and looking for their outlook for specifically next year is just the lack of skill talent that they have. Obviously, David Montgomery, very suitable running back. He's good as long as he's healthy, but – when you're starting three receivers are Darnell Booney, Equinemius St. Brown, as I certainly know, and Byron Pringle. I just don't like that a lot, and I haven't seen enough from Cole Komet to really think that in year two we're going to get a huge jump from Justin Fields. Maybe comes in year three, maybe year four. But, I mean, they were really kind of – the old regime really messed them up with by trading all their picks. They didn't have very many. Of course, they traded back a bunch in day three and got a bunch of sixth or fifth, sixth, and seventh rounders. But they're going to be starting a rookie safety, a rookie corner at the second spot. They traded Cleo Mack. I don't like their outlook a ton to like make make like a splash uh, in the NFC North. But the six and a half is a little shocking. I think it's a little low. They always play Minnesota well, as I said earlier. They get the Lions twice. They get the Texans. They get the Commanders. They get the Jets. They get the Falcons. They get the Giants. I mean, you're only got to win. Like, I mean, you just, if you just play – those games, well, win those games, you're looking at seven wins, possibly eight. So I'm actually taking the over, even as the Packer fan. I think the number's way too low. There's just too many games they're going to be playing inferior teams, in my opinion. And if we get any kind of step from um, Justin Fields, then those games are definitely games they should be able to win with a better quarterback. So I'll take the over here. 
Uh, I am on the over as well here. I, as you said, I really don't think the Bears have done enough around Justin Fields. Ironically enough, if they had obviously if they hadn't traded their first round pick for for this year last year, they wouldn't have Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. But the fact that their first round pick was used to draft Evan Neal, that was a guy that they could really use. They could really use uh, a big time left tackle on that offensive line. Uh, but as it is, I'm torn in between. They haven't done enough for Justin Fields, and I really like Justin Fields. So uh, the I really like Justin Fields side is going to win out. I'm going to take the over here. You talked about the, uh, them needing some help at receiver. There is a guy that they took in the draft, uh, Belius Jones, the wide receiver out of Tennessee that I really like. He's an absolute freak athlete, a little bit raw at wide receiver, but he ran a 4-3-40, and he is going to be that stretch-the-field guy uh, for Justin Fields, I think, in the future. Uh, maybe not this year, but as you said, this is a team that I really like the outlook for next year. So the plus 900 to win the division, I'm not going to be on that. But as you said, over six and a half wins for this team, I think, is a lock. Uh, we're going to wrap this up with the Lions. They're sitting at uh, six wins for next season. They finished last year 13, excuse me, 3-13-1. and one. Obviously missed the playoffs. Head coach Dan Campbell is returning. Now, I am not high on this team, but if you're playing devil's advocate, the last time we saw Jared Goff with three good receivers, he went to a Super Bowl. Uh, do you feel like he can recreate any of that magic or the Lions uh, pretty much destined to be the seller of this division? I think they're definitely the seller, but you said it was at over under six, right? Yes. So, I mean, you got Jameson Williams, TJ Hawkinson, St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, and a young defense with a coach that's going to buy everyone's kneecaps off. So I think there's a lot of fight in this team. But it's Jared Goff, and when his backup, Tim Boyle, you, you, you need Jared Goff all season because you're definitely not going to fall back to the backup. I mean, they get a last-place schedule, so that helps their chances at the over, under of six. They get Chicago, they get Washington, they get Jacksonville, Seattle at home. Those are winnable games, maybe the Giants, Bears. But, I mean, those are all on the road, like the Jets, Giants, Panthers, Bears. you got road games. It's a bad it's a bad schedule, but they're below it's a bad team schedule, but they're a below average team. I mean, right now, honestly, I think it's a push right at six, but if I had to put my money somewhere, like I'll take the under because when push comes to shove, I do think this team might be looking towards the future of getting a quarterback in next year's draft. So maybe we do see maybe Jared Goff not play all seventeen games. So just just because I think it's gonna be a push, I'll take the under because I think it leans more that way. Uh, you hit the nail on the head for me. I think they are definitely looking for next year, and you saw it in a lot of their draft picks. Obviously, they had to take Aiden Hutchinson because he was on the board at number two, but you take Jamison Williams, who is going to be hurt for much of this season, so uh, he's more of a project for next season, even though he might be ready midseason, but for a team like the Lions, uh, you're definitely looking for next season with him. They also drafted Josh Pascal and Kirby Joseph in the second and third round. Uh, Pascal, a pass rusher. Kirby Joseph, a safety, both uh, have incredible raw talent, but will not be ready to be contributors right away. So they are drafting for the future. And with C.J. Stroud looming next year, I think the Lions may be in full-on tank mode. I think you could even see Jared Goff get traded uh, before the deadline. There's always a quarterback that goes down uh, early on in the season or even in the preseason. I think you see the Lions deal Goff uh, before the trade deadline. Like you said, tank the season away. I think under six wins is almost a lock for them. No, I like that. I like that. I didn't think about the whole uh, trade before the deadline, too. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, but something else that you touched on with the dynamics of this offense, though, when the Lions go 11 personnel, uh, if you're a Madden player or a fantasy <laughs> player, look out for some of the Lions this year. As you said, Amon Ross St. Bound, Jamison Williams, 
uh, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, DJ Chark is in that. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of other teams in this league that can go 11 personnel and have that kind of talent on the field. No, I forgot about that DJ Chark signing too. Yeah, if he's healthy, if he can stay healthy, he, I actually liked myself from him in Jacksonville. Not last year, but obviously when he got hurt, but the year before. Uh, yeah, he's definitely got uh, a lot of potential there for sure. Um, so we just had the draft. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, your Packers, what they did in the draft. Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt. Was there a, a late-round guy for your Packers that you liked uh, this last draft? So they did a lot of uh, depth for their off- offensive linemen. I'm just going to be honest. I don't watch a lot of offensive linemen in college, so I can't really speak to them. But I think the name that sticks out most to Packer fans is definitely going to be Romeo Dobbs, the wide receiver out of Nevada. I mean, it's a lot of raw skill. He's very athletic. I think, yes, there's a lot of people on this, or a lot of receivers on this team with Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb. But if we know anything about those two guys is they won't be playing 17 games, no doubt in my mind. Um, Christian Watson, actually, he's missed a few games in each of the last two seasons in college. So I got my eyes on him. If he can uh, just get a role to start this season, we might see him in some of those three or four wide receiver sets if somebody goes down. So Romeo Dobbs is the guy I definitely have my eyes on. I don't know if Samari Torre will make the team, um, the wide receiver from Nebraska, seventh-round pick. But I do know I watched Nebraska a couple times, and he, when he was playing against Purdue, he had a couple of big plays. So it's another guy, but I don't know if he, he makes the team right uh, out of camp. Uh, yeah, a couple of those guys that you touched on, the offensive linemen, Sean Ryan and Zach Tom. I think the biggest thing that you can say about both of them is that they are versatile. They can play all over the line. And when you're a team like your Green Bay Packers that dealt with injuries all over the offensive line last year, it helps to have guys that can line up in multiple positions. Yeah, definitely. They, uh, they, they are a franchise that's known for taking late linemen and really having them kind of work all around that line. And they're usually for them. Okay, uh, so with all that being said, who is uh, money off the table? Who Are your Packers still your pick to win the division? Oh, 100%. Definitely. I mean, no doubt in my mind. Zero doubt. So what would constitute a success for you next year? Is it Super Bowl or bust, or would you be happy uh, with just a Super Bowl appearance, given that it's been uh, over a decade now since the Packers have been here? So it's definitely uh, – I'm not Super Bowl or bust. I'm also a Duke fan. If you guys listen to my other podcast, it was – even though Coach K was – uh, leaving it was final four bus so i kind of give for the packers as long as they can get to the super bowl i'll consider it a successful season i mean obviously that's incredibly hard they've only been the favorites out of the nfc many times over this over 10 year stretch so it's very difficult but yeah it's it's get to the super bowl or bus for me okay uh anything else on the nfc north yes i got two things real quick two nfc north player futures just because i found them on a the site and i thought they would be fun for your listeners Sure. All right. I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook under 13 and a half or 1300 and a half rushing yards. He's just too uh, injury prone for me to miss games. He's never played a full season. He's only topped 1200 rush yards one time as a starter in his four years. So I just I'm taking that under not expecting him to play all 17 games. And then my next one's going to be Christian Watson over 650 and a half receiving yards. If you have any faith in Watson hitting the ground and just walking with Rodgers, not even jogging, not even hitting the ground running with them, you got to take the over here because if he plays in 17 games with Rodgers, he just has to average 39 yards a game to hit this over. Rodgers throws for over 4,200 yards a season. On average, over his last four years, that means Watson only needs 15% of his uh, yards. So if you have any faith in their second-round pick stepping into any role, you basically should lock that bet in before it goes up because he is 
sixth out of all receivers, uh, rookie receivers on their over-under totals. He's sixth highest. So I, I love that bet as well. Uh, there's definitely yards to be had uh, in that Packers offense. Uh, quickly before we go, I meant to say this when we were talking about the Packers, but the dynamic of this team now, as, you, as we talked about, they just keep building on that defense. I almost feel like they kind of zig when the rest of the league is zagging. The uh, popular belief is, oh, you had this great quarterback. You have to get him great weapons, whereas the Packers are kind of like, oh, we have this great quarterback. We're just going to have two awesome running backs and an awesome defense, and he can just make any wide receiver awesome. We're just going to make it happen. So uh, it's just weird to me that the Packers just seem to go uh, in a complete different direction than everyone thought it was going to, but I kind of think it's going to work out. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, when they're thinking about uh, who's going to catch passes, they forget that both Jones and Dylan combined for 86 receptions last year, and then Jones in his last two years combined for 99. So they are a huge part of that passing game, despite when you look at the depth chart that they say running back next to their name. Absolutely. And I do like both of those futures as well. Dalvin Cook under, like you said, always injured. And futures have kind of changed a little bit. Last year, I was really unsure of them. I used to love betting unders on pretty much everybody because they were a lock. Uh, with the extra game getting added last year, it kind of just threw a wrench into the whole thing. You weren't, you had to do extra math. You weren't sure, uh, you know, are guys actually going to want to play all 17 games? But uh, for a rookie coming in, uh, taking his over, I don't think it's a bad move at all either. I love it. Well, thanks again for having me. This is a blast. Um, if you don't mind, can I just give a little shameless plug? Oh, uh, absolutely. Yep. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Kyle Cliffy. That is K-L- or K-Y-L-E-C-L-I-F-Y. But more importantly, we actually have a podcast. Um, it's P-H-A underscore bets. My co-host Jordan couldn't make it tonight, but our shared Twitter is uh, P-H-A underscore bets. And we also have the powerhouseathletic.com. Sounds good. Oh, before you go, uh, how are you feeling about uh, the dynasty draft that we did? How are you feeling about your squad? Well, I obviously waited on quarterbacks. So um, me too. Me yeah. too. <laughs> so I'm. I don't like my quarterbacks that much, but I love my team. I'm. I'm really deep at running back. Really deep at wide receiver. I did not go with the uh, youth route. I did. I kind of went more of if, if I see the guy going to be pretty good, maintain his role for at least two or three years. I'm going to go with them and, and just hope that it works out for the, the now and then I'll worry about it in a couple of years. So yeah, I really like my depth at running back and wide receiver and hoping that the closer we get to the season, people are willing to put some of those quarterbacks on the trade block. How about you though? What do you think about your team? Uh, I, again, I waited on quarterback. Uh, I took Justin Fields as my first quarterback, Zach Wilson as my second. I went the opposite way. I went with all youth on my team. Uh, I'm probably going to lose this year, but if, if we keep this league going for a little while, uh, maybe I'll get some titles under my belt. I do not like my outlook for for next season, though. I definitely drafted for the future. Um, definitely need to save this content for last, though, because nobody cares about other people's <laughs> fantasy leagues. <Yeah>. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was just about to say, like, this is where everyone goes to the next spot. <laughs> Uh, that, that's why we saved it for the end, Kyle. Well, again, man, thanks for joining me, and I can't wait to collaborate with you again. Yep, thanks so much, Jeff. Have a good one.